We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. First prop for Monday Night Football. It is a two out of two rapid fire. All right, so we got Trubisky going up against Keenan. One point five points is what Trubisky is giving up, and I think that's a little bit too low here. Trubisky maybe not the better quarterback, but sure as heck in the better matchup here. Keenum going up against the Bears defense. Currently, I have Trubisky pegged for two point five more points than Keenum, so you're getting a slight amount of value here. And there's a nice correlation on this prop. You got Trubisky and you got Robinson. If Robinson ends up beating Montgomery by one point five points then in all likelihood, Trubisky had himself a decent game here. So if he's going to be throwing the ball more, then that means Robinson will get more points. And therefore, both of these are more likely to hit or neither of them are likely to hit. Nice 2.5x payout here. So this is a good amount of value here. You take Trubisky, you take Robinson, who I've already had projected for more points than Montgomery in that three-headed backfield. Take him, move on. All right, next up, we have my two out of, second prop of the night. It's a two out of three rapid fire in the Monday Night Football. All right, so we got Trubisky versus Keenum. Again, but this one's passing yards here. Trubisky giving up 5.5. Currently, Vegas has the peg for around the same amount of passing yards here. So I'm taking Trubisky. Again, probably going a little bit heavier on him than I should, but I think that he's the better play here. Take him, getting 5.5 yards and essentially a toss-up. It helps a little bit and gives you a little bit more odds there. Next up, Thompson versus Robinson. Vegas currently has the peg with the exact same prop. Same juice on both the over and under. Both of them pegged at 4.5, so I'm taking Thompson here. It's very simple. Thompson's probably going to get the same amount of uh, catches as Robinson. So just because of that, you get the tiebreaker. You're getting good odds there. Last stop, Montgomery versus Peterson. Montgomery pegged for about 18 more yards than Peterson. He's only giving up 12.5. I think he's a much better play here. I think that the Redskins are going to be coming from behind a bit here. So Thompson is going to be in play even more. They're going to use him more in the offense. I don't think Peterson gets nearly as much run. I think Montgomery's the easy play here. You take him, you move on. All right, guys, next up, we got my third prop for Monday Night Football. It is a two out of three over under. All right, so we got Trubisky over under 16.5 points. Again, I'm a little bit higher on Trubisky than most people are. Currently, I have him pegged for around 18 points here, so 16.5 is a little bit too low. Next up, Keenum 
Terrible matchup going up against the Bears. Probably going to get picked off a few times here. I'm taking the under of 14.5 points. It's a little bit too high for me. This one's a bit closer here with Keenum than it is with Trubitsky, but I still think the under is a slightly better play. Next up, Robinson. Currently having pegged for around 17 points. This is a full-point PPR site. It's probably going to end up with 70, 80 yards of touchdown and four to five reception here. So I'm taking the over. Again, there's a little bit of a medium projection here of 18, but still, I think that there's a lot of scenarios where he ends up hitting the over, so you take the over. All right, guys, last up, we got my last problem of the night. Before I get to that, don't forget to like and subscribe over on the YouTube channel. Let you know exactly when these videos are coming out so you can throw in these props and let the money roll in. Now, let's get to my fourth prop of the night. It is a two out of three rapid fire in this Monday Night Football. All right, so we got Trubisky versus Keenum here. Again, giving up 1.5 fantasy points. I already went through this earlier. Think that he, Trubisky's the better play here. Think that I have him projected around two more points to three more points here. I'm taking Trubisky. Next up, Robinson versus Montgomery. I have Robinson projected for way more points than Montgomery here. So only giving up 1.5 is a few too little here. Last up, McLaren versus Cohen here. I currently have McLaren for more fantasy points projected overall than Cohen. So it makes Cohen the obvious not play in McLaren. The obvious play when he's getting 0.5 points and he's projected for more. This one's an easy lock and load here. You take McLaren, you move on. All right, guys, thanks for watching. We'll be back again on Thursday with Thursday Night Football Picks. I'm out of here. See you, kids. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist.
is going on? Roto Grinders, Dean here. It's Dean 7904 if you want to get all technical. I'm Edis 501 on the East Coast, 201 on the West Coast, 401 Tennessee time. Of course, we just time for the flagship show here at Roto Grinders. It's called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by Yahoo. Joining me today, you know him from such things as, let's see, what do you know him as? Let's give him the proper, in- you don't give me the proper intro too, too much. Uh, uh, what, what do we know you as, Grant? We know you as the, the world's uh, fastest beer chugger and okay. only important key to the early week podcast. Yes. Oh, yeah. Co-host of the absolutely epic early week podcast that myself and yourself, along with one man, Goan, will be recording tonight. Uh, and we will be roasting him via the Twitter machine because tweets are consequences. Whoever has the worst pick uh, on the podcast, of course, has to tweet something out that uh, one of us constructs. Uh, I was also going to say, Grant, that, you know, we don't want to slight you as far as the sharp side app. That's your thing. We know you from such, such things as Monkey Knife Fight. You're the CEO of the, uh, the Ryan Fitzpatrick fan club. You listen to the same music as everybody's nine-year-old niece. Uh, you're the advocator of the lawnmower 2.0. Uh, in a pinch, you're a sneaky good babysitter. And you're also the world's last snickerdoodle truther. So, yeah, you have, you have some resonance. Oh, no, uh, I think Hoop was talking about snickerdoodles on, <clears throat> on the podcast on Sunday. He might have been referring to something else when he said that. But <laughs> Is that a euphemism, snickerdoodle? Is that I it? think it might have been. <laughs> right. I was not aware of that. I can imagine where he's going with because that is you're talking about the wood show correct yeah yeah the precursor the foreplay show I wasn't sure where you're going when you said pre I'm like where is this where, where is this word finishing <laughs> the pre something show we really pre- get the job done yeah uh all right there you go of course yeah we, we talk football over the weekends as well too and Oh, I guess we have to talk. It's a five-game baseball slate. We'll talk about it tonight. And, you know, we have a whole hour to knock it out. Plenty to talk about. We can, in theory, knock out this baseball slate in probably 10 minutes. But we might have to filibuster a little bit, Grant. Uh, have some fun with the chat for sure as well. Not just the Rotor Grinders chat. If you guys are on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. Any questions out there? Even life questions. Grant's ready to field some life questions. I, I actually asked some life questions that you pre-show, and you had actual answers, which was fun. I, I enjoyed the <laughs> conversation. None, none of which were revolving around baseball. I want to keep the show organic as far as baseball relations. Um, do we know what we're going to have Van Gogh and Tweet yet, or we're still just on the fence? We, we don't know uh, I haven't thought about it. I like to have things happen organically. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you can give me a word, and I can probably come up with something on the spot. That's well, how I kind of like to do things. I like to spitball ideas back. All right, fair enough. Um, yeah, so... Well, yeah, I, 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 we're taking away some ideas. So if you happen to see a man go and uh, drop a funky tweet tomorrow, uh, you'll, you'll know why, uh, you know, because we kind of forced him to do so. Uh, are you ready to dive and talk some baseball? Of course, we'll talk baseball. And then, uh, I don't know, I get, can we take the entire hour talking baseball? I so suppose we can. I can filibuster if need be, but it's going to be really tricky because it's a five gamer, right? And some of these pitchers are not going to be pitching very long. Other of these pitchers aren't very good. Some are good, but they're not going to be pitching very long. Uh, you know, Blake Snell uh, will be one of those. Uh, Blake Snell's probably going to go with three or four innings or so or something like that. Maybe throw 40 to 45 pitches, not fully back. Uh, and they want him to be ready for the playoffs. They're trying to stretch him a little bit. Uh, and, like, the price doesn't fully reflect it. Depends on where you're shopping, obviously. Snell, uh, too expensive on DK. I think you could make an argument, at least an argument on Yahoo, because you're getting a difference at $35. And, like, if he just, like, does okay in three to – not okay, excellent, which he can in three to four innings. Uh, and then everybody else is going to kind of be like, whatever. Like, Steven Matz is going to be massively owned, uh, and Patrick Corbin's going to be massively owned because like, those are the actual like, pitchers that are pretty good, especially Corbin, obviously, matchup against Philadelphia. Uh, how ambitious are you being as far as your pitchers, or are you just going to roll out, like, the obvious ones and then kind of figure it out as far as the bats and maybe be a little different there to separate yourselves from the field? 
I mean, I feel like it depends on site. Over on DK, the pricing just makes me. I'm rolling with Corbin. I'm rolling with Matts. If I can't afford Corbin, I'll go with Wainwright. Like, there's really not much around it. If you want to go ballsy, I don't mind the Buckholz play, hoping yeah. for a Matts implosion. Um, but it's it's tough to get off of the chalk here. I mean, there's Shepard. I have zero interest in Eflin. Like, he he's fine. He has some potential upside, but the downside is just massive. And that price tag being so close to Matt's kind of makes him irrelevant. Chassin, don't think he's going to go too long. Snell, obviously, entirely off the board. Smith, like, I just don't see it happening anywhere close to Corbin. Um, so the only way I'm using Smith is if I'm stacking up the Phillies. It's just not a great slate for pitching at all. And... You could like have the stopped price. a great slate, and you don't you didn't really have to add the like the qualifier for pitching. But yeah. I mean, there are a few spots I love for bats, and like there are a few spots for tournaments that I absolutely love for bats, and it's the spots where they're going up against the best pitchers. Corbin, like he's worse versus righties. Some of the righties in this lineup are not too bad and have great numbers versus lefties. So Segura, Kingery, Hoskins, like with the massive amount of ownership around fifty percent on Corbin, it makes sense to do a full-on Philly stack. And, like, Segura, Kings, King Reed, and Hoskins are all fantastic persons. So it's entirely fine to do that. And then, like, Boston getting the Snell pricing is just beautiful to me. I mean, you got Betts, who's still pretty expensive, but you got JD going up against a lefty for likely one at bat. And he's 7 point, or he's 4.2K. So Snell, you really have to think about Snell going – probably three innings um, is essentially the same as bringing good bullpen arms. So I mean, JD can absolutely destroy his price tag of 4.2 K and this stack can go off. The problem with me is really Sam Travis being in there. I can almost guarantee he's going to get pinch hit for at some point in the game. Yeah. So that's, that's really what kind of kills it for me, but a four man stack of Marco Hernandez, Betts, Devers and JD when they're the road team. So essentially them being the road team is kind of the same as them batting higher in the order. So one inning against Blake Snell, you think about it rationally, if they're not even going to win the game, potentially could be as advantageous as a Tampa Bay hitter batting in the four or five or six hole. Well, they also have a team total of 3.4 because like Snell's really good and that bullpen's really good. And Tampa is properly motivated as well. So you're going to see their best arms. Uh, Anderson's been an absolute stud for Tampa. Uh, so, like, even after Snell, there's going to be good guys behind him. Uh, obviously, all these pens, it's hard to sort of talk about them as a collective because especially the teams that are out of the race, you don't, you have no idea what you're going to get. As far as the Boston side, it's going to be just team, maybe for three or four innings or something like that, and then just a bunch of random dudes. Who has any idea uh, what's going to be rolled out there? Same deal with Shepard uh, as far as Baltimore, but outside of, like, you know, Brian Harvey's kid, the rest of those dudes are not very good. Uh, so it's hard to sort of gauge, like, good bullpen or bad bullpen. Like, it's, it's like a general number, but – you know, all we care about who's going to be coming in tonight. It's just hard to project that when there's, I don't know, 15, 17 arms in the bullpen, whatever it is, depending on the team with the 40-man roster. Uh, you mentioned Corbin against Philadelphia. The first four guys especially have been really good against lefties. You fire up the plate IQ. The splits are not appealing for Corbin from a K perspective. First lefties, 39.3%. That jumps, that pops. That's great. That's awesome. But first raise, it's 26%, which is still fine. And we're only looking at, what, two lefties in this lineup collectively as far as that Philadelphia side. They strike out at 19.7%. But 
you know, this is the reverse of like when they win the world of the salary cap. It's like, well, what are you going to spend your money on? Uh, at some point, raw points matter. And we'll talk about the hitters as well soon enough. And it's like the hitters aren't even very good. Like there's no core slate. There's no like Minnesota against some jabroni. Uh, you know, there's no team total that's popping at like six and a half, seven or something like that. We do have a Toronto side that's projected to score six runs against the aforementioned Shepard in that Baltimore bullpen. Um, but, you know, that's the thing we're, that, we're going to delegate our funds to or make sure we pay up for is Toronto. And, you know, they're not even that expensive depending on when you're looking. So you still can get, you know, Corbin and the Toronto guys pretty easily. It's not very difficult. And just kind of, you know, running through them. I, I happen to have the ownership projections up, and I'll kind of jump from page to page. And we always talk about this as far as ownership projections is that, the you know, uh, they get more and more refined the closer and closer we get to lock. But as of right now, DK specific, Steven Matz at 7.6K against the Marlins. Like Matz is basically like an average pitcher, but, you know, he's facing the Marlins. There's so few options and it's a lot about, you know, who we cross it out first before who we like. And Matz is projected to be 48% owned, Grant. Like 48% owned on DK. And I think it's similar on Yahoo as well. 60% on Yahoo. Um, yeah, so... What are you doing with Matt? You just going to eat that chalk? Is it delicious or what? I'm going to eat the chalk over on DK. Um, I think it's just there's not much else to go because of pricing. And I just sent you a message uh, or a link uh, to going over our pre-show conversation, just so you know. Uh, but I'm, I'm eating the chalk on DK. I don't, I don't really care. I mean, it's going up against Miami. There's not enough other good options. The possibility of Wainwright or Young or Eflin drastically outscoring Matts is very, very, very slim. So if Matts outscores them by eight, you're done for. If Matts gets outscored by eight, then you're still in it. Um, so I, I just don't see the, see the path where I could potentially go with anyone else. Over on D or over on Yahoo, it's a bit different. The pricing for Caleb Smith and Wainwright are a lot better over there, and so I don't really want to use Matts at all over on Yahoo. It's just not worth it to me, and it sounds weird, but I think there's potentially a way to use Snell in here. Um, like honestly, all the options outside of Matts are better options. You have Zach Eflin for nine dollars less than Matts. You got Alex Young for six dollars less than Matts, where He's 20% higher priced over on DK. Wainwright, $4 less than Matt's. Like, don't use Matt's over on Yahoo. This is Yahoo's sponsored show, so this is why I'm saying this. Like, Matt's is a terrible play on Yahoo. On DK, he's pretty close to requirement. Why is he a terrible play on Yahoo? I, I don't think he's – I mean, like, you're talking about from ownership perspective? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not – in cash, he's probably your SP2. In tournaments, you don't use him. It's just – like game theory, everything kind of dictates you don't use him. Up Can I counter that though? Can I counter that because it, I don't know if the contests are big enough. Uh, but like you're right though. Like if Matt's does implode, uh, you, there is a massive edge. But then the, the, here's the deal though: you can't just say I'm just going to roster one pitcher. Uh, are you thinking about maybe Corbin uh, and going with Snell? And like they're asking in chat basically, is the Snell of a pitch count? And I don't. I haven't seen anything official. Uh, he threw 26 pitches his first game back. He was really really good. Four strikeouts and two innings. Super solid. And traditionally, you jump up about 15 pitches or so, give or take. So Snell probably is working between 40 to 45 pitches. But, you know, it's only $10 above the, the floor on Yahoo specific. Now, in DK, he's at, you know, it's 10K. That's outrageous. I cannot talk to that. Uh, I think Fando, I want to say, is like seven and change, which I really can't talk to. He's got to be – he's really got to thread that needle. He's got to kind of sort of be perfect. Uh, and, you know, if he sees that lineup the second time around, like in the fourth inning, 
uh, it's going to be the tougher bats, obviously. Uh, you know, Betts, Devers, and J.D. Martinez. The bottom of the lineup is pretty bad, and even the top, you know, Marco Hernandez is not very good. Give me the argument for rostering Snell on Yahoo because I, I hear you. Um, I, it's interesting, and I, I might consider it. I'm rolling two lineups there. I might play him with one. So uh, it's ownership. So looking at current ownership, people are going to entirely disregard him. We have Snell pegged for 3%, whereas Steven Matz is pegged for 60%. Yes, they don't have huge tournaments, but it's still the payouts are fairly top heavy. I think it's 2K to first. So, and it's like 1K to second. So, it's drastically, it's a bit top heavier over there. So, going with Snell, uh, two innings to, or four innings of Snell can easily outscore six innings of Mats. Like, is Snell a 50% better pitcher than Mats? I would say absolutely. And Matt's he does have a better matchup, but at sixty percent more ownership, like if Snell go if Matt's goes out and pitches eight innings and only gives up one run, then you're done for. But if he doesn't, then Snell can easily outscore him. So mixing and matching Smith, Wainwright, Snell, and Young is absolutely the way to go over there. And you're saving money on all those guys, saving a decent amount of money on all those guys outside of Caleb Smith, who's only two dollars more, whereas over on DK he's one point six K more. Yeah, Caleb Smith has kind of sort of sputtered off. Like he was much better in the first half and the second half, and he's more vulnerable on the road. Uh, you're not protected by that, by that ballpark there in Miami. Obviously, it's not a great ballpark to bang out homers in New York either. Uh, as far as the lineup he's going to be facing today with the Mets, the Mets not – I don't think they're officially elim- – have they been eliminated? They are. They're like 1% left. They're, they're not making the playoffs, unfortunately. Sorry, Mets fans. It's not going down this year. And, you know, it's, it's a fairly – there are some guys that will strike out, like Garris and Conforto and, and, and Alonzo, 21.5% as far as striking out collectively. You know, it's – and there is some power, uh, you know, with Alonzo. And, you know, guys like Frazier, you can bang one out as well, too. It's not the most appealing of lineups. Uh, they're talking about Wainwright in the chat. Is, is Wainwright an interesting pivot? Of course, St. Louis has something to play for. He's been good. Wainwright has been good of late. You know, if that's something – I think as far as arm runs, he's not just – he's not been giving up runs of late. That's not something we normally really talk about, but I suppose we can sort of mention it here. Uh, is Wayno? I mean, again, depending on where you're shopping, he's, he's priced up a little bit more these days, but is Wainwright some of your concern? Yeah, he's the better play over on Yahoo. Um, over on DK, I'm not paying 500 more for him. Over on Yahoo, I'm getting a 4% or $4 discount. Absolutely, he's a better play than Matt's at a third of the ownership, maybe less than that. Wainwright is a good pitcher, and yes, he does struggle versus lefties, we got Dyson, who's really not going to do that much damage. And Wainwright, if I remember correctly, his uh, strikeout numbers aren't nearly as drastically different between righties and lefties. It's more just his ground ball ability is slightly worse. His walk rate is worse. So none of the lefties are really that high of a walk rate. I mean, Lamb is, and I believe that Dyson is decent walk rate guy, but they didn't throw Avila in the lineup there, which – Lower strikeout. Right, there's a tool. We can, if only there was a tool that was that maybe somebody could create to help us like uh, know these things instead of like off, off the dome. Oh, the plate IQ. Uh, I just fired it up as far as Wainwright. Yeah, you're right. As far as K percent against the lefties, 18% is not very good. 22% is not great, but it's better versus righties. Uh, and you were asking about as far as ground ball, uh, you know, fly ball leans. Uh, basically the same, you know, basically the same as far as lefties versus righties this year. And, you know, 315 at bats to the lefties, 381 as far as the righties. I didn't mean to cut you off, but to continue, feel free to complete your thoughts. I mean, that's basically it. Yeah, there aren't real – like the Woba and Isa numbers are drastically different, but they really shouldn't be that much from the underlying numbers. In any case, 
ISOs one the ISOs and walks are the two problems with lefties for Wainwright and Dyson Rojas so far have no ability to hit the ball far this year. Granted, Rojas actually had some of the minors and Lamb same thing. All those guys walk, which becomes a little bit of a problem. But I think that Wainwright is more willing to come at a guy like Dyson, who does work the count a bit. Like he'll throw right at him because he knows that he's not going to get taken out of the ballpark in all likelihood going up against him. So he kind of changes the way that he pitches, I'm sure, based on the amount of power that the opposing hitter has. Um, so I'm less worried. And then we got guys like Jones, like Ahmed, like Kelly down at the bottom, who are all righties. And we got Walker there in the middle with his 27% K rate. So there's more upside. And like Matt's is going up against a Miami team that's obviously trash, but they Matt's is not that great of a pitcher. And at that much more ownership going up against a team that maybe a big ground ball team, but they all hit the ball hard. Like I think their hard contact rates are all around 40 to 50. So there's ways that they can go wrong with Mats. Like we've seen ground ball pitchers like Keiko, like DeGrom, like Bauer, all these guys get blown up before. And on a five game slate, it makes it a little bit more likely or a little bit more likely that you're going to win with a guy like Wainwright or Young or Buckholtz or Eflin than you are with Mats. Um, but I'm st- like I said, I'm still eating the chalk over on DK. Over on Yahoo, the pricing discrepancies make it a much easier play to just go with Wainwright instead. So a couple of things. Uh, if you were going to play Max and you were allowed to like build the, the opposing lineup for the Marlins, this is kind of the lineup you want to see outside the fact that Rojas and Casper are in there and they're up high in the order because those guys don't strike out a ton. But you want to see Lewis Brinson. He's in there. He strikes out a good bit. He's also a disaster at the plate. You know, Diaz, you know, young, young, young uh, prospect, but he's still you know, developing. Uh, he strikes out a good bit as well. And collectively, we're looking at 22.3% as far as striking out. Uh, so it's a pretty good lineup to face. You know, Dean as well is pretty terrible. Austin Dean, that is, unless somebody wants to just splice that out and use that quote against me in the future for whatever reason. Um, yeah, so I, I hear you as far as Matt's. And, like, Matt's is, as far as his case, you know, he's a little bit less than league average, 22% or so or something like that. He's a perfectly meh pitcher, but this is just kind of sort of the slate we're looking at. And the other thing, Grant, uh, I thought, like, if we fire up Ross uh, Weatheredge, Right. And it's funny because I'm like scrolling. And I'm like, why can't I see more on the weather edge? I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. There's five games. And like, there's three of them that are in a dome. I presume Arizona's going to have their dome closed, but it's Arizona and they hate their fans. So, like, if it's 100 degrees, sometimes they open it up. They just want to, like, you know, heat them up or whatever. Uh, it's a dry heat, though, they say. Uh, and, you know, the wind, the wind is blowing out in New York, like, what, 15 to 20 miles per hour, give or take, at least as of right now. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. What does weather edge say about this? It says there's no matching historical game data which, okay, that's weird. Like, never happened before as far as all, all these variables lining up. Just kind of, you know, be aware of it. And we, are, we do have a nine total with a Marlin game. So maybe they're factoring that in Vegas. We have close to the six total as far as the Mets side. And, you know, we know Smith has given up more power on the road as well, too. Uh, yeah, so maybe Pete Alonzo, if you weren't considering him, give him a slight bump as well, too, or even guys like Frazier and Ramos, uh, catcher specific. But, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you saw that as well. It's going to be 80 degrees in New York and 17 miles per hour as of right now as far as the wind blowing out the dead center. How much do we care about that? I mean, it matters more for a guy like Caleb Smith. Um, so it gets me on more power bats here. With the winds blowing out, Caleb Smith is a fly ball guy that gives up a whole bunch of hard contact. And there's a few fly ball pitchers or fly ball hitters over in that Mets lineup. I mean, you got 
Frazier, Ramos, both are a bit underpriced. J.D. Davis and Alonzo hit the ball up in there a whole lot. And then guys like Ahmed and McNeil, or, who just don't strike out a whole bunch. I want to use Caleb Smith over on Yahoo, but the Mets bats are really intriguing over on DK. Um, I'm a little bit worried by the fact that they have such a high run total and people might be on them. So I think the better move is just to pick one off, two off bats over there and not full stack them and hope that you get the bombs from those guys. But the weather absolutely does is conducive to hitting home runs. And Caleb Smith is a guy that gets massive amounts of home runs against him, especially when he's not in his home ballpark. And although Mets stadium is very good, city field's very good for pitchers with the wind blowing out and the weather being what it is, it kind of makes it so that, Alonzo Davis, Ramos, Frazier are all fairly likely to get a home run. Yeah, uh, Caleb Smith, by the way, against righties as far as fly balls, 54.5% on the season, too. So one more reason to consider those righties on that New York side. And we got Big T in chat trolling me. I knew I wouldn't be able to get to slip that by the people. Uh, Dean is pretty terrible. Uh, clearly, context. context. I'm matters. glad we all have the same sentiment. <laughs> I, what am I, the rock over here? I don't speak in third person. That's not my. Uh, that's not my. That's not my gimmick. That's not. Turd my Ferguson show. does. Turd. <laughs> oh, I should have worked that into your introduction somehow. The whole Turd Ferguson thing. But the, well, next time I suppose. Yeah, I feel. I feel like we check enough boxes as is. Um, you know, other pitchers that are worth considering. Who's left standing that we haven't talked about? Chasin's going to go like three or four innings or something like that. Can't consider him. If you want to really load up in bats, I suppose you can roster. You know, click Clay Buckholds and like cross your toes and cross your fingers and all that. Like, you don't feel good about it, but, uh, you know, he's not very good. But baseball, yada, 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 variance and all that. And he still wets his hair and gets all, like, dunk on the ball. I mean, he's clearly cheating with that. I don't know if you've ever seen him pitch before, but, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, aren't all pitchers pretty much cheating? Cheating is a vague, yeah. uh, Yeah. What is it? Isn't it uh, sunscreen? The spray on sunscreen and something else mixes to give you better grip on the ball? Yeah, well, we had a, a few years ago, we had Zach Miner on, like, you know, former pitcher, and he would talk about how basically every pitcher has some form of something to help him, like, get a better grip and all that. And he would even say that the batters, like, appreciated that because they, they want the pitcher to know, like, where the ball's going because they don't want to get bopped in the head, right? So, uh, so that, that, that was kind of an interesting thought. So they're all sort of doing something to different degrees, and cheating's probably not the fair accusation. But Buckholz, If you're not way. bending the rules, you're not trying. There you go. He does it with the hair gunk, though. I mean, I, I'm sure you've seen in between innings, he's like, Wetting up his hair, he is a whole thing. Vaseline ball, he gets it going. But uh, hey, he's you know it, he's a vet. He's been around and he's 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 like barely hanging on these days. Good for him. But uh, hey, if you want to get yourself an extra year or two, uh, get that hair a little bit more wet, I suppose. We didn't really touch on Alex Young. Kind of mentioned him in passing. Is he interesting at all? Like, you know, he's just a guy. I mean, yeah, you are correct. He is just a guy, just Person. an average strikeout guy probably below average overall pitcher and he's going up against a bunch of righties he's much better versus lefties so yeah I mean realistically it's interesting though like looking at his numbers so far on the season K rates identical to both sides of the plate uh ground ball numbers actually better to righties fly ball numbers actually better to righties hard hit numbers basically the same walks actually walks lefties more and yet his WOBA is about 70 points lower, 80 points lower to lefties, and his ISO is actually lower. So it doesn't really make sense um, to me. Small sample is the answer, right? It's like we don't know. Yeah, small sample, but uh, I think it's a big enough sample to see, like, the general ground ball 
fly ball, hard contact numbers. Like that's something we can actually get a grasp on. Uh, the Bova and ISO, that's going to regress terribly versus lefties. And then you look at his pitch type. I mean, he throws a change up 25% of the time versus righties. And it's pretty good. And so it would make sense that he would be reverse splits. So St. Louis is rolling out a fairly righty heavy lineup here. I think it's pretty much just Carpenter that's in there. That's going to be batting from the left side of the plate. Alex Young, again, we're getting an average uh, strikeout pitcher, but he's got good ground ball numbers. He's got good fly ball numbers. The only thing he doesn't have is good hard hit rate. And so I could potentially see starting him over on a site like Yahoo, where he's just way cheaper than Stephen Matz, $34 compared to 40. He's a fantastic player over there. Over on DK, it's a little bit tougher considering he's a whole G more expensive. If you're not using Corbin in your lineup, yeah, go ahead and use a young lineup and maybe even Caleb Smith if you want. Um, but like he's he's probably one of the guys that I'm more looking at over on Yahoo than I am over at DK. Yeah, I mean, the numbers suggest he's been lucky. Dean, do you take showers with jean shorts on? Jorts? No. Why would I wear jorts in the shower? You're not a never nude? Is that a thing? I was hoping. I mean, I don't know what websites you're visiting, but uh, is that is that a certain sex of people? That's a term? It, it's from the rest of development. I'm really disappointed in you. I never, yeah, I watched a few episodes of that show, and I didn't, it, I didn't, I didn't dislike it. But I didn't feel like I got to go back to us and just kind of plow through. But I know people love it. I'm not here to besmirch it. But uh, and I, I'm, it, the Netflix seasons weren't very good, right? Is that that's what I was? I enjoyed them. Okay. So you would you would advocate uh, you know rest of the, you would recommend to a friend? I, I would absolutely recommend it to friends. Yeah. But so like I'm recommending to you, my friend. Yeah. Well, there you, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I figure maybe this is a big old slurve or something like that. But uh, yeah, it's it's is it on your family feud board of like favorite like sitcoms or no? Probably, probably not. Board. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's 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 probably top ten, um, but it, it's definitely not in the top five for me. This might be what we're talking about later on in the show. <laughs> Stay tuned. Somehow we filibustered pitchers for like twenty five minutes. We crushed that. Yeah. Uh, what is this? Two thousand eighteen. <laughs> some hey man, look. Some you talked about like curveball, like what pitch type. This is what we're digging into. I mean. Uh, people people need to know like the reason behind if on a bigger show i don't have time to dig, dig into pitch type and reverse splits nearly as much uh i just say oh he should actually be reverse splits and that's the end of it but on a five game slate where you're looking to deviate from the massive massive chalk and mats it makes sense to get more into it so that people know all right there is actually a reason to do this and there are reasons why his numbers shouldn't be what they are yeah, and like the the general cheat code, not always true, not a universal error of the arm, but like you said, like if you have like uh, if you're reverse splitsy, like it's almost always because of like a breaker or like a really a strong curveball or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's essentially like the way it's all perception, like the way the ball breaks when you're seeing it from the right side of the plate compared to the left side of the plate, it looks drastically different. So you see some of those pitches, like how is this possible? It's all like perception, like you receive way more break from one side of the plate than the other side of the plate. That's why arm angle has a drastic effect on splits. Like a perfectly neutral arms angle that only throws fastballs is going to have roughly a 30-point split difference in WOBA to opposing hands or to opposing batters. But if you change the arm angle one direction or the other, then it can make them um, – you can be just splits neutral 
by having essentially a sidearm throw. Whereas if it's more, uh, what is it, 6 to 12, 12 to 6 arm angle, then it's going to be even more drastic splits. For, I, I, might love, I love watching uh, uh, Pitching Ninja. You ever watch his GIFs on the old Twitter machine? They're awesome. If you're not following him, you guys should be following him. You're aware? Yes, maybe confirmed. Am I aware of what? The Pitching Ninja on the old Twitter machine. Oh, yeah. Machine. Yeah, no, he and Bauer actually broke one of his down. Like It was a Tampa Bay guy with a ridiculous changeup that looked like it dropped – like start off top left, uh, top left, and yeah, drop all the way down about. to far away. But that was mostly perception. It didn't have nearly as much break. If you look at the actual, like break on it, it wasn't nearly as drastic as it appeared in that. And it's because, like, it's just point of view. Hey, uh, they're asking in chat. We've talked about pitching options on Yahoo. We talked about pitching options on DK. How about on Fanduel? Uh, I mean, I think on Fanduel, like you can get Corbin in fairly easily. Uh, Matt, you can make you make work as well too. Are you playing there tonight? If you tinkered at all? Uh, over on Fanduel, no, I haven't at all. Yeah. I've been more focused on Yahoo because this is a Yahoo sponsored show. Why no? But there was a question in chat. I wanted to appease the people if if you could you know possibly make it happen. But yeah, I mean, I think it's most likely Matt's or Corbin on Fanduel is kind of like your best option. Of course, you can do other things in tournaments. I think you could play Wainwright in tournaments. I think you could play Smith. Uh, I just can't get there as far as Snell. Hard to justify. It makes a little more sense on Yahoo. Um, yeah, the other guys, a young, I guess, can get there, but and I suppose Caleb Smith, I'm not sure if mentioned him, but it's either Matt's or Corbin, most likely for me. Uh, and I don't know if it's probably Corbin, I think it's probably Corbin, but uh, we shall see. I'm like making four, four or five lineups over there. Uh, summarize the arms and jump in the bats. Um, the arms over on Yahoo, you probably want Matt's as your SP2 in cash, you probably want to fade him entirely in tournaments. Uh, use Wainwright, use Young. Use Snell if you really want to, or use Caleb Smith as your SP2 over there. Corbin's pretty close to a lock unless you're stacking up a certain lineup where you can't afford him, in which case you go Matts and someone else and you just eat it. Um, and then over on DK, I'm just eating the chalk and going almost 100% Matts and Corbin. And the only variations are going to be the lineups where I'm stacking the Phillies. Or if I can't afford Corbin as my SP1, I'm probably going down to Wainwright. All right, bats, sticks, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the biggest total on the board right now is Toronto. Uh, I'm a little bit cautious on this Toronto side. You know, McKinney leading off. Well, McKinney is the first guy that makes me nervous because I feel like he's going to get the hook once uh, once the lefty comes in the game. Uh, and he's like a discount. Uh, but I think he's kind of like a mirage. I think he's kind of fraudulent. Of course, he's not very good also. Like, I kind of very believe on that. But uh, I don't think he plays the entire game. Uh, doesn't mean he can't do anything his first two at-bats. Uh, I just, you know, I'm not optimistic about him sticking around the entire game. We, we had, um, who else is not playing? There's somebody that's not playing. He's dealing with the head, Bichette. Uh, yeah, Bichette's out with a concussion. I'm not really sure if he's going to play anytime soon. Only one week left, obviously. Toronto, nothing left to play for. Um, as far as the hitters, is there a player? Is there a team? Is there a stack? What are you focusing on? So, as far as individual hitters over on DK, it's Hoskins and it's J.D. Martinez. Um, huge fan of both of them again going up against solid lefties but they have other JD has other worldly numbers versus lefties and again he's only probably facing Snell for an inning and 4.2k for JD going up against a lefty and then some bullpen arms is way too cheap there and Hoskins 3.9k up against the lefty for a solid seven innings he should or he very easily could get a home run so I mean just so we can save time later on the show because we need it those are my two home run calls it's JD and we got to save time on this five-game slate. Yes, yes, I most certainly <laughs> do. But you talked about Toronto and you worrying about it. So Shepard's done all right 
compared to how he should actually do so far in the majors. Don't have a big sample size of it. And it's interesting his minor league numbers. In AAA this season, when he was in the Red Sox organization, he had just ridiculous fly home run to fly ball variance. And I think 25% of fly balls ended up leaving the ballpark there. And he just doesn't – he has a 7.5% swing strike rate, which is a little low considering his 19.1% K rate. He's going up against a Toronto team where he's a fly ball pitcher who gives up a ton of hard contact, 44% on the season. So he gives up hard contact to both sides of the plate, more fly balls to righties, but that's like, we don't have a big enough sample size. Just know that he has massive home run to fly ball variants in the minors. And it changed a little bit when we went over to the Baltimore organization, but the first two starts where he was in the majors, he did not give up a single home run. His home run to fly ball variants was zero. He's playing in a ballpark that is very good for home runs. And he's going up against a big fly ball team, all of which of them have huge hard hit numbers. So McKinney, you mentioned he's bad. Yes, he only has a 298 WOBA, but he's still a fly ball guy with a near 40% hard contact rate and a 208 or 205 ISO versus righties. He's getting Shepard for a solid five, four to five innings. And then the bullpen who's given up the most home runs in MLB history right afterwards. So yes, a lefty may come in, but they may not. He's 3.3K. If you need to afford Corbin, you want to throw the likes of Biggio and Gary Allen to your line if you kind of need them. But I don't think you need to go with him or even go with Biggio or Gariel. Vlad, Grichik, Tellez, Teoscar all have power numbers. All can hit the ball at the ballpark, especially Vlad going up against a huge fly ball, huge hard contact guy who doesn't strike out a ton. Like, all these guys are great plays, and I don't think it's a requirement to go with McKinney, Biggio, or Gariel in your Toronto uh, stacks. And on a slate like this where there's only five games, Going with the four, five, six, seven stack instead of the one, two, three, four stack is going to get you a third or a fourth of the ownership. And with McKinney being clear, chalky option on the slate over on DK, baiting him entirely is just a smart move. It's not like you really need him. What are the odds that Rowdy Tellas outscores McKinney? What do you think? Um, sixty-two percent. Yeah. Well, he's batting six. He's going to draw one tenth the ownership according to our projections. And he's a better batter, in my opinion, with a matchup that favors him more than favors McKinney's, and he's probably less likely to get pinch hit for. Smoke so, is lurking in the bench for what it's worth, and they're asking in the chat, like, why would they pinch hit for anybody? Because that's just what they do. I mean, they have bodies. They have so many guys out there that, like, you know, they're obviously not constricted to the 25-man roster, um, but there are other dudes on that bench. Fisher's still lurking out there. Fisher not throwing a start against the ready, which is kind of interesting. I thought he would draw a start today. Um, I look, uh, you guys can roster McKinney and he could do something the first two. He very well gets two, gets two at bats today. We shall see. Um, and look, I'm not saying you can't play him, and I'm saying I won't, I won't play him either. I'm stacking up Toronto because sure, uh, and he, he's cheap, but I just I don't see him playing the entire game. We shall see. Stay tuned on that. Well, here's here's the yeah, you're right. I don't see him either. And one of the things that people often overlook is when's the most likely time for a lefty to go into the game? Is it going to be going up against Tellez? Grichik and Guerrero, or is it going to be McKinney and Bicho, two lefties up top? If a lefty's going to come into the game, it's going to likely be against McKinney and Bicho, and then probably get taken out at some point thereafter. So Tellez is less likely to get pinch hit for. Just use him instead of McKinney. Well, the other part is, is like, you know, what is the incentive of these teams, right? It's like, does Baltimore even care about lefty-righty, or do they just want to get certain guys work? Uh, does Toronto have any incentive, incentive getting Justin Smoke some work, like 33-year-old Justin Smoke or whatever he is, who may or may not be a free agent? Um, it's like it's hard to quantify what incentive may or may not be. And 
you know, as far as that Baltimore oil bullpen, I'm, I'm like, I'm pulling it up right now. I, I imagine there's a, a, just a number of guys that are in there. Let's go ahead. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's like 15 dudes. For what it's worth, out of the 15 dudes, there's only three lefties. Uh, Blyer, Fry, and Scott. Uh, I think none of it's, did Fry pitch last night? No, none of which pitched yesterday. Uh, I'm sorry, Blyer pitched yesterday for what it's worth. But uh, yeah, so maybe you're most likely to get right into that pen. So maybe my, maybe my McKinney take is terrible. Well, maybe again, if the lefty is going to come in, it's going to come in with McKinney and Biggio, likely in a situation where there's guys on base, which is less likely considering Drury and Jansen are the guys at the bottom of, bottom of the lineup here. Um, but yeah, like you could very easily end up seeing a lefty going up against McKinney and Biggio. It's unlikely that you see one going up against Tellers, especially with Vlad's and Grichik's uh, and Tioscar's platoon splits. All right, catchers, exciting stuff. Who's your favorite catcher tonight? Um, yeah, that is a good question here. It's not a great slate. <laughs> over on over on DK, I think it's probably Ramos, 3.6K. Yeah. Again, we mentioned Caleb Smith and his propensity to give up hard contact and fly balls. Ramos doesn't strike out at a huge clip. So he's probably the guy that I'd most likely go with on DK and probably realistically over on Yahoo too. I don't mind going to Jansen. Again, I like stacking up Toronto. Jansen's only 7 bucks over on Yahoo. Over on DK, I'd rather just pay the extra 0.4K to get up to Ramos. I don't mind Gomes uh, going up against Eflin. Eflin's a guy that can give up some bombs. They have a high implied team total here. Sandy, if you just want to take a zero, is 2.3K because <laughs> he's, in fact, going up against Blake Snell, but he may never actually go up against Blake Snell. In reality, well, he'll see him once, but I yeah. mean, but there's potential that he doesn't. I mean, who knows? Blake Snell can end up going up against Betts, Devers, and JD, who can foul off six balls, <laughs> get on base. Like, there's a lot of different ways to go when he's limited to probably around 50 pitches. There's always the chance that he doesn't make it all the way through the lineup. If he walks like four dudes in the first inning or something like that, like this, I mean, it's not even that. Like, any random 10 pitch at bats, that's 20% of his overall pitch count. Uh, we have it's it's interesting slate, but it's kind of a double header with the first four games going down right, right up right up the hop, and then we have to wait a couple hours or so for that St. Louis Arizona game. And all the lineups are in except for that St. Louis side. Of course, St. Louis fully incentivized to, to play their regular dudes because they are battling for a playoff spot. Uh, you know, motivation this time of year matters. Washington as well. Uh, they're essentially locked in, more or less. They're counting on their magic number. I don't think I think they're like 96, 97, 98 percent as far as making the playoffs. So basically, any single day now for Washington to lock up that spot. And, Almost always you have that, that hangover day after. Just kind of take note. Well, there's there's a difference, though. When you're locking – when you lock in a division, there's division not a drastic – Yeah, this is – when you lock in a division, there's not – it doesn't really matter that much if you go further. Like, the actual benefit gained from going to get home field advantage in the, in the ALCS or NLCS isn't that drastic. They're going for the wild card spot, though. You in the wild card spot. If you're the top wild card, you get 100% of the wild card game at home. 100% of it. 100% of it. All one game. They don't play six innings in Washington and three innings someplace else. <laughs> yeah, and you got to think the that they're probably going to be going up against the Brewers. Yeah, so, so getting that home field advantage going into Milwaukee, where they have a ballpark that favors lefties and they have more power lefties there, is probably not as advantageous as the Nationals ballpark. So they're still going to – like the hangover day is not probably going to happen here with these Nats considering it's the wild card berth. 
Well, not yet. I'm saying once they're locked in their spot, then they have the hangover. According to the chats, the magic number is four for Washington. So it'll happen later on in the week. It might not happen until the very last day. Yeah, if you're it's just I was giving it a thought and like I go against what I say all the time, Daily Fantasy Sports. We don't care about tomorrow, we don't care about yesterday, we care about tonight. And I was speaking on like four days from now. That was my bad. Uh first base, you mentioned your boy Reese Hoskins. That's an interesting quote unquote leverage play. I'm sure Cheese likes that term because you know Patrick Corbin uh, will be fairly popular in this slate because he kind of sort of has to be. He's one of the last arms to standing you actually like. We talked about Pete Alvarez as a you know, Pete Al- Alvarez, Pete Alonzo and his pop, his propensity to bang the ball. Uh, off a dude like uh, the lefty, you know, with the, the wind blowing out doesn't hurt either. Uh, we talked about Sam Travis as the, the possibility of him getting the hook pretty quickly in this game. You know, well, he might only see one at bat. Like, that's possible. But Randy comes in, all of a sudden it's Mitch Moreland instead of Sam Travis. So I'm crossing him off the list. Like, no chance I'm playing him. And then we have, I think this is the first blood revenge game for Goldie. I think this is his first time back in Arizona. And you know about his propensity to annihilate, connect, to smash, to pummel, whichever action you want to use as far as the southpaws. Uh, you like gold tonight? I like gold. I like gold. I think that I may actually like Alonzo more, though, over on Yahoo. He's the same price as Goldschmidt. Caleb Smith, again, I mentioned his propensity for five balls and home runs, plus the wind blowing out. I'd much rather take Alonzo over on FanDuel, over on DK. The price tags between the two are are a little bit different. So it's about $300 difference. In that case, it's a kind of a coin flip over on DK. Um, I think I'd rather go with Alonzo than Goldschmidt. I think Goldschmidt will garner more ownership. Uh, but over on DK, it's closer to a coin flip. Over on Yahoo, it's definitely Alonzo for me. Outside of him, you can't really go Hoskins there, who's $17, just $2 cheaper than those two guys. I don't think it's worth it. Tellez is a guy that, again, I've already mentioned that my interest in him, he's only $11. If you want to pay down, then you pay down for Tellez or – you can take your zero at the minimum price with Chris Davis, but <laughs> judging from the pitchers on the slate, you're not double barreling up top. So it's not worth it to go down to Chris Davis. He still has like, I don't know, 18 homers in the year, which is more than like we thought he was going to hit three months. How many ago. hits does he have on the year? 27. I don't know. Probably more than that. I just made that number, but uh, who's the guy, uh, you know, our boy Gallo, we haven't seen, I guess he's done for the year, I presume, but he's, I think he still has more career homers than non homers. Is that correct? I feel like uh, he has correct. more career homers than he has singles. Singles. So I should doubles have he has a lot of. And yes. Chris Davis, yeah, he has 11 home runs on the year, 52 hits. That's surprising. He only has 11, I thought. Oh, you know what it was? I think I saw the barrel column, and maybe it's like 17 barrels. I saw that Twitter account. That could, in fact, be true. Still batting 176. Hey, you know, that's... Uh... Better than last year. <laughs> Is it better, better than, than Daniel Palka? Palka. Oh, he actually got like a single from the other day. That was so He got exciting. two singles. He doubled his hit output in one game for the entire yeah. year. He's batting like 73 in the season now, probably. Uh, I think he's 58. Oh, there you go. Good for Daniel Palco. Um, yeah. So I, by the way, if you're playing on FanDuel, I think this is probably a good spot to play double uh, double first base as a utility spot because you know it's a pretty strong position with Alonzo. Uh, Goldie's a solid play as well. So, uh, you know, Mancini, I'm not sure if he's first base or, or outfield eligible over there. To be, you know, I like Boom Boom a good bit as well, too. And if you want a flat-out punt, uh, you know, Talese is fairly, fairly cheap as well as Davis. You talked about your love for Hoskins. Keystone position second base is, um, depending on where you're shopping, it's, I think it's Fandle and Yahoo. There's not many options out there. Uh, who, who's the last fan standing for second base for you? Second base, yeah, it's, it's a little bit tougher position than first base where there's real obvious options. Uh, you can go with Lau or Low. I can't remember which one it is. Minimum price. He is batting seventh, which isn't great. Biggio is a good call, but on Yahoo, he's a little bit 
too expensive. I do like playing him over on DK, but Yahoo, it's a little bit tough. Estrubal Cabrera's price tag is not bad. I think the guy that I'm probably going with, though, on Yahoo is going to be, if I don't go Lau, it's going to be Alberto. Uh, going up against Buckholz, we all know that Buckholz is not very good. He is batting six, but it's in a good ballpark here. I think he just had a bomb one or two days ago. I can't even remember. Um, but he's like $12, a little bit too cheap for him. If you're not playing for Lau, which I would suggest you do, then Alberto is the way to go. Or if you're full stack in Toronto, go with Biggio. But he's really more of a DK play than a FanDuel play. Or not FanDuel. Yeah, who play where it's $24 over there. Yeah, uh, Lau's another one of those guys where I'm somewhat concerned it might not stick around the entire game. Like, you know, Tampa's playing. Dean, who would you rather have, Polka or Brinson? <laughs> for one game or, like, their entire career? Uh, for the rest of their career. I mean, I think Brinson's got more uh, promise and more upside. But, like, it's probably Does not, he? It's probably not. I mean, yeah, there, there's more upside for Brinson. And if I'm not mistaken, like, he's a there? much more – he was a much more highly touted uh, player as opposed to Paul Coates. Do you know what Paul's triple A numbers are this year? Yeah, but triple he's a quad A player. That's all he is. I mean, he had decent numbers what was it, last year, I and believe. Isn't, isn't Paul like distinctly older as well? I think Brinson's 24. Uh, I think Paul is 27. You okay. say distinctly, but he was still born in the 90s. <laughs> but 24 to 27 is a big difference in baseball years, no? I mean, is it? Yes, I think it is. I mean, you're still getting him under contract based on the uh, CBA for essentially the same amount of time is where you can get him at a own his contract rights. So you got a 28 in October, by the way. Ooh, ooh. And when when does Lewis Brinson turn 25? I don't know. This is not important. <laughs> I would say really on October. this on this slate, yeah, I think we got time to talk about it. We've behind somehow. <laughs> check, <laughs> check that one off your uh, bingo card. I don't know how that's happened. But we've somehow fallen behind. I gave I gave people some information on splits, but let's move on to third base. Yeah, okay, third base. It's all yours. Have at it. You want to spend all up on Andy, Anthony Rendon? By all means, go for it. Vladdy Guerrero, depending on where you shop, he's basically a good deal or a fair deal. Uh, anywhere you look, that we know the Toronto side. Uh, you know, biggest team total, you know, nice spot there in the cleanup spot for sure. Uh, you know, it's Shepard and it's a bunch of like uh, jabronis, as uh, Cheese would say. Cheese, by the way, I'm sure over under on jabronis for Cheese next show, one and a half. Let's set it up. Let's, let's watch crunch time. And uh, do you have, a, do you have a, a lean? What would you swipe on the, on the old sharp side app? No, I, I swipe the over. Yeah. Well, do you know, you have inside information? Have you talked to Cheese today? No, I just know Cheese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a bad line, I think. My, my sports book is going to go uh, under really quickly. What do you have for any third base? Uh, Rendon, my favorite option. Eflin is more of a ground ball guy to righties, but Rendon's a big fly ball guy. It's a little tough to pay up for him over on Yahoo, but without having to double barrel top end pitchers and Corbin only being 48 bucks, I think he's very much in play. Outside of him, it's flat. It's flat for me. Um, I really like him today. I've already mentioned he's 4K over on DK, $14 over on Yahoo. I really, really like him today. If you need to pay all the way down, which again, I don't understand why you would need to, Lamb's seven bucks on Yahoo going up against Wainwright, a guy that we know struggles versus lefties. But I don't want to do that. I mean, you can go with Reese. Reese is also pretty cheap, but he's not really a guy I'm looking at. So, yeah. Escobar. Favorite Marlon, by the way, Starling Castro. Uh, I know it's an oxymoron. Favorite Marlon. But if, How much do you think he cost on Yahoo? Uh, Starling Castro? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I have a yeah, I have access to the site. He's $21 over at 21 Smackers. Yeah, you really got to play $21 of Castro over on Yahoo. 
I'm playing Yahoo, but I'm playing, I'm playing on DK and I'm playing on FanDuel as well. So I'm shopping around. He's oh, look at you days. playing on all these sites. I've never done that before. Look at me. <laughs> well, you play in the dark web, the dark alleys, and the sites that nobody's even, never even heard of. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, you, this is the thing, the thing. I don't have to tell you this, Grant, but you got you to gotta shop around. And like, you know, maybe, it, you know, if you buy certain goods, you buy paper plates, they're cheaper at one place, and you buy paper towels are cheaper in another place. That's or you just buy everything on Yap or on Amazon and don't ever leave your house. That's, trust me, you look who you're talking to. That, that is, that's actually the chalk move. I don't think you're in your house right now, which is amazing. I'm in the office. Yeah, I felt like you're getting some fresh air. <laughs> I stepped out. And, and like, you know, and I, I saw a sun and I walked outside. I'm like, whoa, it takes like minutes to adjust to that. Uh, I'm, I'm like a, um, I don't know, who's impervious to the sun? Insert reference here. Oh man, great. I read the, the guy that Catch Me If You Can was based off of? Abagnale. Frank Abagnale? Yeah, he was apparently in a French prison for six months and never once saw the sun. And so it takes like four hours for your eyes to actually adjust to light again. So they had to like keep a, like just a hint of a light on for like two hours and then make it slightly brighter than slightly brighter for the six hours before they actually let him out. I know where he lives, Frank Abagnale. I can point to his house. Is that weird? Is it in Nashville? No, it's in, it's in uh, Daniel Island, Charleston, South Carolina. I shouldn't say. <laughs> I mean, you can find it. He's a guy that speaks constantly about fraud, and he works with a whole bunch of different industries to help figure out scammers. But A wild sure. life story, by the way. I don't read a lot of books, but I did read that book, and it was very interesting. But uh, Right? Yeah, it was. It's, it's wild. The movie's good too, but like, I, I don't want to be one of those guys. Like, you know, oh, I read the book and the movie. Uh, who wants to get? And nobody likes that guy. But uh, all right, shortstops. What do you have for me? Shortstop, Dejong is too cheap over on Yahoo. Um, I don't know if you need to go there over on DK, and I don't know where he's going to end up batting in the lineup. Um, but it's him, and then it's probably Segura for me. I mean, going up against Corbin, he's got good numbers versus lefties all season long. So I like him over on Yahoo for 13 bucks and over on DK for three, nine. If you're paying up over on Yahoo, then I think it's probably better to go with Trey Turner. His price tag is a little bit more enticing on Yahoo than it is over on DK. DK is five threes, 19 over on Yahoo. But yeah, those are the only three options I'm considering outside of a stack. Like Rosario, I guess you can go with, he's not a big strikeout guy going up against Smith, but I also don't know if he's going to end up with a home run there, but you can go with them if you really want to. Uh, we're going to knock out some outfielders in a second. Of course, we're going to do some home run predictions, some of your favorite stacks. We'll entertain questions from the chat. If you have any questions, feel free to start lining them up there in the chat. If you guys are on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. We do. We really do. He, uh, Grant's ego uh, relies on this. How, how many likes do we need over there for you to be satisfied properly? I don't know. What Seven million. All right. Well, I got bad news for you, Grant. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't worry. I'm never satisfied. <laughs> we're not. I'll take the under. The under on 7 million uh, likes and uh, the over on one and a half jabronis uh, on crunch time. Of course, that's uh, Roth as well. Tell you what's well, any sort of weather it's kind of lurking out there. Uh, do want to give the shout outs to Grant. So as you're thinking of outfielders, we got to fly through us because there are some questions lurking in the chat as well. Again, if you guys, uh, we talk about this all the time, where are the RG badge around the, uh, the industry? Uh, on, you know, on Yahoo, on, on, uh, you can do it on, on FanDuel, on DK, all the dark websites that Grant plays on. Certain contests, if you finish in the top 10, you win yourself one month free of Rotogrinders Premium. Shoutouts. Uh, here we go. Cravens 12, Max Powers 87, which is an amazing name. I love that name. What's the reference there? Come on. Give it to me, Grant. Uh, Simpsons. Good job. Well played. Uh, it's actually just Max Power. Okay. Well, you know what? Don't give me the technicality. 
Uh, Max Powers, I think, was an alias by uh, Mike Myers in the famous movie Austin Powers. <laughs> I thought you were going for a different movie, that nickname. But uh, uh, All right, uh, Jeep Guy 72, Lucky Newton, Tyson J. Smith, Aggie Bird, Mike Miz, which I believe is the wrestler. Uh, Mike Miz, what up? Matt Millen, former GM for the Lions. Mike Mill- Matt Millen, maybe. Uh, BLW 76, RJ Wilson, 33. We have Matt, Willen, uh, Matt Millen, we got uh, Russell Wilson, and of course, let's not shortchange, Sethi Shots. Outfield, what do you have for me? Uh, Soto's one of the top options on the slate. I mentioned over on DK, I'm a big fan of J.D. Martinez. Uh, over on Yahoo, McKinney's min price, so even if he gets pinch hit for $7 is cheap. Josh Rojas is the better option. Guy has a platoon play going with against Wainwright. We all know where Wainwright struggled versus lefties. Eden's a good play over on Yahoo and over on DK. Again, Eflin has some problems versus lefties. Ozuna's way too cheap over on Yahoo. Probably about priced right over on DK, uh, where he's a little bit more expensive. Trey Mancini, been mashing right lately, going up against Buckholtz. Jacine has big splits versus lefties, so Meadows is in play. Too expensive over on Yahoo to, for me to use, though. I like all the Toronto guys. Guriel, Grichik, both of them are very much in play. I already mentioned McKinney. Uh, outside of them, um, not a whole lot. That's very much. That's very much it. Taking a peek at the screen share here, real quickly, Grant. There are some questions loading up. I want to knock them out. Got about five minutes or so before you step aside and get out of here, make some way. People love to see the uh, umpire data. The one extreme we have is Corbin and Eflin have an extreme hitters umpire. Uh, for what it's worth, you know, the case. So you're saying stack Philly. No, I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, you can, I'm not saying. So you're saying Hoskins is going to get a home run. No, not necessarily. He certainly can, but I mean, I don't, I mean, I'll take uh, Goldie over him. I mean, I'm not sitting here making like a shot for shot bet or something like that. I don't even want to go me into it, but uh, my my preference, my lean, I would swipe on Goldie. Uh, Of course, you factor in ownership, it might change things because people might dodge, you know, Hoskins, despite the fact he's priced down because the matchup is not necessarily appealing. Corbin with a 2K prop over everybody else in the field. As far as the pitcher ownership projections, it's Matt, it's Corbin, uh, you know, pretty clear above everybody else. And then there's, you know, Caleb Smith, Benueno, uh, and Buckholz if you live in the world of the salary cap. As far as the core plays, well, Patrick Corbin's card's uh, favorite pitcher, Notorious throws Matt's into the combination, com- uh, conversation. And, of course, if you guys are playing, you know, on a two-pitcher site, uh, cash games, Matt's and Corbin, probably your cash game guys. Uh, throwing, as far as tournaments, we got Buckholz and Wainwright. Uh, as far as bats, anything interesting here? Are you seeing anything as far as Lineup HQ, or should we talk to the people? And, Let's uh, talk to the, the people. And someone asked, I'll get to this question first, why people are interested in Snell. It's specifically a Yahoo yes. spot where the pricing is kind of weird, and four innings of Snell can outscore a full start of Matt at any given time. So he's just $5 cheaper over on Yahoo. It makes sense as a possible GPP player over on Yahoo. It doesn't make sense over on DK. Don't use them on DK or on FanDuel. I completely agree. And uh, the chat's saying that Yahoo, that their $10 tournament filled as far as their uh, GPP. So I guess, no, I'm sorry, the 15 one filled, uh, which I'm in mean, a couple times. They're currently, they've unleashed a new $10 one as far as a slate tonight. As Everyone's well. playing baseball because they just won money on football yesterday. Yeah, I didn't win money on football. I won, a, I won week one and I won baseball last. Overall, the week was good, but football... Oh, I had way too much Carson. That didn't work. And Bird was not – I was so ready to put the gift out there. Bird, you know, family guy. Bird, not the word, unfortunately. Uh, I don't know how to figure this one out. Richard, Hernandez, and Guriel. I don't know who your favorite Blue Jay is. Um, over, on, anyway. over on Yahoo, it's Guriel. Over on DK, it's probably Grichik. They're all pretty close. 
So I'm going with just the pricing disparities between the sites. Alonzo uh, and, da- and Davis has one-offs on FanDuel. Uh, FanDuel, you're more uh, off to stack there, just the way the scoring system goes. But uh, you're best you know, off to stack, but it's a little bit different on a five-game slate where the yes. potential of a team to actually go off for 10-plus runs is not that likely. Completely agree. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of what I was getting at. And also the other part is like, I want the a la carte guys. I want the guy. I want the Joe Boos. I want the guys that can do it, do it on the, by themselves. They don't need the rest of their team. And you know, as bad as Davis has been, there is some power there. And of course, Alonso, he's a clear a dude you can play. Uh, you know, solo. Meadows, Soto, or Mancini? Pick one. Meadows. Oh, sorry, Soto. I think it's Soto as well. Uh, when are you going to start chugging some white claws? Are you on Team White? Is there a law? Well, what's the, there's no laws of white. I am on, on Team White Claw, and I'm not happy about it. But gosh, I do love those things. Do you really? I, I've heard. I told. I'm told. It's the easiest way to get hydrated. I mean, I'm all about. I'm Sport. all about efficiency when it comes to drinking. And <laughs> the most efficient way for me to get drunk is either Fireball or White Claw because I can just hammer down White Claws at a ridiculous pace. I thought the most efficient way to get drunk was to not drink it through your mouth, but through a different orifice. Yeah, butt chugging. Yeah. So, are you that you know much about efficiency? Yeah, that's the easiest way to also die from alcohol poisoning. Fair enough. All right. Uh, Worth (laughs) worth noting. Uh, Is Hoskins the greatest hitter of all time? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say yes. All right. Well, there you go. Fifty-fifty. We need a third person. Devin's got to break the tie. He's lurking in the in the booth. I'm not sure if he can hear us or not. Devin, can you do the voice of God, Devin? Can the people hear you? Is Hoskins the greatest player of all time? He is indeed. Well, ah, suck it, Dean. He's answering a question from a half hour ago. That's nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Who even asked that? Ridiculous. Well, you do realize you actually asked the full question oh. right before he answered, so I doubt he's answering something from a half hour ago. Well, that was a trick because I was trying to buy some time for Devin. It takes like three or four or five seconds for him to make it happen, so I was filling time, Grant. The three or four or five seconds are crucial for sure. Uh, your favorite low-owned play on the slate for DK as far as tournaments. Give me an ambit- uh, ambitious banger. Who's going to bang one out? Hoskins and JD. All right, fair enough. Do uh, you have any Netflix season recommendations? Oh gosh, um, Blacklist is up there. It's got six seasons. Giant fan of James Spader. Absolutely giant fan. If you want just like a nice, fun show, The Good Place is actually very enjoyable. Uh, yeah, I watched that. That was fun. It's very clever. It's well done. And yeah, plus I'm a huge fan of Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard. They're they're a fun couple. She's delightful. Yeah, I, I like her. Uh, pivots, stacks, dongs. Did we, did we knock those out? Did I miss that part? Stacks, it's for big field tournaments, it's the Red Sox. For smaller field tournaments, it's Toronto. Uh, dongs, JD, Hoskins, and if I need to throw a third one in there that's high priced, Alonzo. Um, stacks, dongs, and what was the other one? Give me a low own stack, your favorite low own stack. I told you, Boston. Guriel apparently uh, scratched according to the chat. All right, well, guess- that. I'm going to guess Derek Fisher draws a start, but I'm just, I'm just throwing a dart. I have no idea, but I'm going to guess he's the guy that starts now. Yeah, that would make sense going up against a righty. Uh, but, of course, you know, wait on news for that. We do have crunch time knocking on the door, Grant. Finish strong and strong. Give the people something good. Red Sox go for eight runs today. Is eight? Yeah. All right. On a five-game slate, eight is something you'll absolutely take for a low-owned stack that's underpriced. I say the, I say the score less than three. How about that? Yeah, I mean, there's a 50-50 shot of that. Well, no, they can middle it. <laughs> yeah. They can middle 3.5. Uh, 
um, I don't know, man, whatever. We don't have time for this conversation. We got to go. And yeah, Breaking Bad was the answer, by the way. You were wrong. If you haven't seen Breaking Bad, that's what you have to I mean, I just assumed that everyone had seen it at this point. Yeah, I don't know who to recommend. I'm yeah. talking about new stuff, new seasons that have come out. Blacklist and Good Place came out with a new season last month, and it looks like... Jonathan Davis in there from Corn. Uh, he's going to be drawing the start actually from Toronto. But all right, we got to go. We got to step aside. He's Grant. I'm Dean. Enjoy your baseball. Stay tuned for Crunch Time. We're out of here. Hope. Thank you.